Scott and Liam versus Evil. So how was the hangover on Sunday morning? Do you know, it, it, it wasn't actually that bad. I woke up, I do this thing when I'm hungover, I wake up really early. Nine times out of ten I wake up at like six, seven, eight o'clock in the morning. And when I wake up, my heart honestly feels like it's beating out my chest, like that hard and that fast. Once I wake up and reposition myself, maybe get up, go to the toilet, take a drink or whatever, then go back, it's like, it's just normal. But it's when I wake up, when I hang over, it's, it's actually quite scary. It's probably my, my body saying, when I, when I fall asleep, passed out drunk, oh shit, he's got to die, let's fucking keep, keep the heart going, keep the heart going till I, till I'm like, alright, no, he's, he's made it through the night, we're alright, we're at the woods. <laughs> Should you not go see about that? I don't know, because I mean, you go to the doctors and the symptoms aren't actually happening when, when you go and see them. They're just like, all right, okay, um, just uh, keep an eye on it and come back if it gets worse than you like. The minute you get out the car, out the office and in the car, you're like, fuck, that's happening again. That's just how life works, though. It is. My hangover was fucking awful. I was sick everywhere on Saturday night. I was sick everywhere when I got home on Saturday night. And I was sick everywhere Monday morning. Sunday morning, sorry. It was. I mean, you you're quite often sick with your hangovers, though, aren't you? Like, I, I feel I just feel awful, but I I don't ever usually throw up, so I'm, I can avoid that. But to see, to be fair, like to, to tell you, I, about my hangover after after the the heavy heartbeating thing. See, once I got up, I was fine. Like I sat up, I sat the whole Sunday. I had a McDonald's, and then I went out and bought over ten pounds worth of juice for the shop, and I was just glorious. I, I didn't feel like a human until about eight <laughs> o'clock at night. I just felt like a dirty sewage creature. Oh, at least at least this time I was only sick. Well, in the KFC toilet that I got locked in. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best. This is the best best story ever. Oh my god, I wish I was uh, more compassmentous to remember it. <laughs> it's a story that uh, really kind of highlights how shit a friend you are. Because I tried to phone you look, eight times. Look, let me tell you this: when we were in KFC, my phone was clearly in my pocket. I was pretty drunk, alright? Like, I, I, I think I was ten times more drunk than the rest of you. That's what I feel in my head. And I forget that when you drink, your ears fall off. <laughs> you can't hear your fucking I'm phone. I'm deaf at the best of times. But what is happening here is I had a bag of fried chicken in front of me. Now, it's really hard to take someone away from their bag of fried chicken if you love it as much as I do. I didn't hear your cries of, of mortal terror and your pleas of of release from the uh, the hell that was the KFC kitchen security. <laughs> <laughs> so he put a Dels in the picture I went into the toilet it was the kind of the end of the night we'd been out all day we were I was already feeling sick so I went into the toilet to be sick and it turns out that the handle had fallen off earlier in the day but nobody decided to tell <laughs> anyone that so I kept using the wee metal rod to try and get out I started punching the door because Scott wouldn't answer his phone and I was like right I'm going to be stuck in here for the rest of my life <laughs> I then pulled the the emergency like disabled cord, <laughs> set an alarm off, and that's when you eventually fucking came up to the door and were like, "Are you okay?" I was like, "This door is locked. Get it open." See, to be perfectly and, honest, um, b- before we come up, before you set the alarm off, we were sitting eating chicken, and I can remember sitting at the table. I'm sure it was Barry, and he said, um, "Is that? I think is that Liam knocking in there?" And we're like, "Just kind of eating my chicken wings," and I'm like, "I." I think it might be I. He's like, I, I think he's stuck in there. Aye. We had a wee just laugh and a giggle, and then the alarm goes off, and there's a wee red light flashing outside the toilet, and then we thought it was hilarious even more. 
And uh, but that's when uh, Duncan, the good soul, got up and came over the door. So I came over and filmed you, <laughs> shouting, "Oh, I'm doing two more seconds, and I'm going to drop kick this door." <laughs> <laughs> that is actually what I said. Duncan said uh, the the burger, uh, burger King, the KFC guy says he'll be around just now to open it. I said, "Tell him he's got ten seconds, or I'm going to kick this fucking door down." <laughs> In hindsight, I wish I'd kicked the door down because it would have been a funnier story. I wouldn't have would blamed you guys. I wouldn't have got away. I was way too drunk to get away. <laughs> you wouldn't have had to get away. It wasn't like we were going to kick the door down and run away. It was their fault. They shouldn't. You can't ha- have a handleless toilet and not tell anybody. Because <laughs> then somebody gets stuck in it fucking two minutes after me. And they had to pull the alarm as well. It was quite a f- funny situation. It means there's going to be... No, it means there's going to be one disabled old man one day because in that toilet, falls, pulls the alarm and nobody goes to get him because they think, oh, it's just that fucking handle again. And they'll die. Well, and that's that is yeah. Well, fault. that's it. That's when. Okay. Well, hopefully, it'll just be that KFC branch and not KFC as a whole, because hopefully, nothing ever happens to my precious KFC. <laughs> well, anyway, it was a good day, but I, I was sick uh, in KFC and uh, in my house. I wasn't sick in a taxi like I usually do, so <laughs> that's good going. The last time when I was sick on my own belly, <laughs> and I cradled it all the way home like it was a little sick baby. <laughs> 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 I mean, the disgusting thing was later I came down the stairs and I was in the kitchen bollock naked covered in fairy liquid <laughs> trying to wash it off my hairy belly in the sink <laughs> uh, I, need, I need to stop going out anyway it was a really fun day I'm sure you guys are all gutted you weren't there and there wasn't more live videos that one was enough <laughs> that one was more than enough uh, so, welcome to Scotland vs. Evil, episode 97. I'm Liam. And I am uh, Scott, uh, <laughs> Scott Mackenzie Howley. Scott Howley, uh, co-host of the show. Was that was that confident and was that competent as a, as a podcast host, do you think? No, it was, certainly was not. <laughs> no, you literally said, eh, before you said your <laughs> name, so no, no it wasn't. Do I attempt it again? No, 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 no. Yeah, I need, to, I need to learn from my, my mistakes. I'm going to develop a proper, impressive intro, like introducing myself at one point. 97 episodes in, Scott. Yeah, no, but I've only started thinking about doing it just the other now, like two seconds ago. So, this episode is Scott's pick, and do you want to reveal to everyone who has blindly clicked this episode and not looked at the, the title? What movie we're going to talk about? Yes, I have picked a movie called Howl from 2015. It is a British film. It's streaming currently on Amazon Prime, maybe Amazon Prime UK, and um, it stars Sean McDonald and some other people. I have no more information. I'm sure, Liam, perhaps you have the IMDb. <laughs> it is. Di- uh, no, I just know this off the top of my oh, head. Yes. It's directed by Paul Hyatt, uh, written by Mark Huckerby and Nick Osler, who actually on the writing team from Thomas and Friends. What, the Tank uh, Engine? Yeah, well what other Thomas do you know? And they, they wrote a train film? Yeah. That's actually pretty cool. I used to love Thomas <laughs> Tank Engine when I was younger. Uh, it stars Ed Spears, Holly Weston, Shauna McDonald, as Scott says, and I'm assuming you only know her because of the, the, the descent. Yeah, and she's Scottish and I'm quite um, particular about my fellow Scots that way. Uh, and it also stars Sean Pertwee oh Sean Pertwee that's right so it does but you can't really say stars he pops up because obviously he's either produced it or he owes somebody a favour or they've just they can only afford him for those four minutes that he's actually in it like he must owe somebody a favour or he must have liked the script and helped fund it because 
there's no you wouldn't you just wouldn't do that well yeah why not because it just seemed he, did, he didn't even say in hey oh he did he t- anyway we'll get to that but if somebody said to you i was enjoying my movie and he's like all right well i'm just say i'm 500 pounds for five minutes of screen time uh, screen time like well we can only afford half of that so you know i just do it for 250 and you can be on for two and a half minutes and he says aye and then does it but that time we tried to raise a thousand pound to get cory feldman to be in our music video (laughs) (laughs) cory cory feldman was well game to do it yeah and see the thing is see after seeing the the people's um uh, interactions with him the horror con in the uk just like last weekend or the weekend before he looks as if he's a like i mean obviously he's a bit eccentric but he looks as if he's a crank guy for like the fans who came to see him Kind of gutted I missed him as a guest, to be honest with you. You say eccentric, I say half his head. <laughs> well, you know, it's one and the same. <laughs> uh, so the synopsis for Howl is when passengers on a train are attacked by a creature, they must band together in order to survive until morning. We'll play the trailer and then we'll get back into this and find out why Scott picked it. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is your guard speaking. I'd like to welcome you aboard the 2359 service to Eastborough. Tickets, please. I see your ticket, please. Thank you. It was such a great night. You should have been there. This is the driver. Thinks we uh, hit something on the line. We should be on our way shortly. down just outside Eastborough. What does the driver say? Is the train broken down or not? He's working on it. <laughs> the station can't be more than, what, two miles walk? We follow the tracks, we'll all stay together. I don't see there'd be a problem. What is it? Run! Back on the train, everyone! Go, go, go! It's coming! Full of bear bait. I wasn't a bear. Bears don't help. It's back. So, how was this our first watch, or had you seen it before? This was a first watch. I had heard of it before, um, but I did not really know anything about it. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. You can, when you read a wee bit of the synopsis, you can totally guess that it's a werewolf movie. I don't think that's any spoiler. I think you can guess by the fact it's called Hill. That's what it's I'm saying. A movie. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> it say that then. That's not what you said. Sorry, sorry. Well, that's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, I had never seen it before. I didn't know anything about it. I picked it because the thing that I picked originally uh, didn't exist on streaming sites. So I had a quick look. I spent about 
30 seconds. So I spent less time than Sean Pertwee's on the screen in this movie. And, uh, and pick this movie. And actually, do you know what? You's, if anybody hasn't seen it and they watch it for this episode, you can all thank me because, you know what? It's much better than last week's. Good, so maybe you're going to give this, what, like maybe a 3.5? I struggled when I got to the rating, but, uh, but I'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, right, so how it starts off with our main character, Joe, who has just finished the tra- like a shift in the train and he's lost a supervisor position and the new cunt that's a supervisor says to him, I need you to work the red eye going to wherever it is, somewhere in England and he isn't going to do it and then he sees a wee bird who is going to do the canteen lady and he's like do you know what fine i'm going to do this but no he's, a, he's actually he says to him you're gonna you're going on this this train he says tonight i've just finished my shift i'd be like watch me stay after finishing after my finishing time with the hands of that be smarmy prick even if i did want to bang the tea lady but maybe he just he, he really wants a, a future supervisor role so he's going to be like Right, I'm going to pull out all the stops. I want to make something of myself, which yeah. is the kind of story. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's fair. So he goes on the train, and his for, his job is basically... like I mean, we say he, he wants to get the supervisor role and he wants to make something of himself without um, insulting anybody. He's a ticket collector on the train. I don't know what yeah. goes into that. You know, I don't know how much training is involved in being a ticket collector or how high that ladder is above the supervisor. But, I mean, I guess they do kind of say that he needs to keep the job, so that's fair enough. However, I also, as much as I was being kind of condescending on ticket collecting on the train, I also would never like to do it because he yeah. goes through the train and just, and I mean, this is just acting and it's only like a kind of cross-section, but I, mean, I guess it depends the route you work often, but the general public are just a fucking bunch of wanks. <laughs> I would start from the, the front end of the train and by the time we got to Glasgow, from like Hamilton, by the time we got to Glasgow, nobody out with the first carriage would have seen me. But I'd be in the first carriage would have seen me fighting at least seven different people. Because <laughs> as soon as one guy was a smart ass to me, I'd just hit him. And it would do it the whole way down the train. I would just be throwing punches at random <laughs> wains. It would all be children, just so I could actually win. Yeah. And get, get, get the money off. Just, and it's, it, the, the longer you do the job as well, the, just, the more you get to just know people by their faces. Like how you, I just look at your face and say, you're a prick. So you just punch people without even speaking to them. <laughs> There's your ticket. <laughs> it gets to the point you're not actually collecting tickets. You are literally just in the train punching children. <laughs> you lost your job four years ago, but somehow you still managed to go on the train just punching fuck out of folk. <laughs> you're, you're amazed that Scott Real actually still let you on the train. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, so he's walking through the first carriage and this um, pretentious bitch uh, drops all her stuff and he tries to help her pick it up and she's got a wee chihuahua and it's a jump scare but it's not particularly earned Yeah. Uh, so then um, we meet Shauna MacDonald uh, her character is I wrote here a bit of a bitch to begin with but she's she's quite a bitch the whole way through to be perfectly honest that's quite a nice uh, description of it. I wrote that Scottish lassie is a total cow. Because <laughs> <laughs> she is. Yeah. Uh, so she's not, she can't find her ticket. And he says, right, okay, well, you need to pay the full fare. Oh, wait, I'm on this train every day. He says, well, I'm sorry, you've not got a ticket. That's the rules. And then he's just walking away. She goes, why don't you get a proper job? And I'm like, is, isn't what? Like, what, what's... <laughs> not proper about the job that he's got like I don't understand how that's an insult or like I understand what the insult means to people but that is a proper job like I understand people would say it against 
They say it against parking tickets, but again, that's still a proper job because there's signs fucking everywhere saying don't park here, don't park like a dick, don't park in this space, don't park without paying. Do you know what I mean? You've broke the rules, yeah. don't be a fucking prick. You've the one that's broke the rules. Technically, I, anything you get paid for is a job, so... Yeah, I know. Yeah. She's the first one I'd, I'd a scissor kicked right out of that window. <laughs> and then he goes down, he, goes, and he meets another lassie, he meets this young, um, uh, pretentious, weed like, teenager like on the phone just like yeah I know right but uh, and then he's like that and then he's like this and then he's like that and then he's like you got a ticket and she just ignores him just blatantly ignores him and I thought is she ignoring him like hoping that he'll just walk away and not ask for like see a ticket does that how people do it in the train sometimes you know sometimes people pretend to be sleeping so the ticket man will walk past them but he eventually keeps going on at her. He says again, look he's a ticket and she's got a ticket so I'm like why, the, why are you just I, I don't understand that's what I'm from my note is here. Like I couldn't do that job if you had to deal with the public. Like, I can't fathom proper rude people. Like I don't understand it. Like do you know, like genuinely rude. Like, like, and I'm not talking about like maybe like different different social interactions and the way people different people react and, and interact with each other. Or you know, maybe somebody's a lot quieter than somebody else, and people will perceive that as being rude because you're shy or quiet or whatever. You know what I mean? I'm not talking about these things. I mean genuinely just fucking plain rude and assholeness I just couldn't I just couldn't do it this this movie has really fucking wound me up at the start man it really really <laughs> did and he's only got two people in it works though because it makes you feel really kind of empathetic towards Joe yeah and you're like do you know what I really want Joe to get that supervisor role and build himself up and get away from all these fucking cretins that think they're better than him yeah because that'd be lassie she'd get one right in the kisser as well my next note is that I would 100% let 90% of that train die if some form of monster attack happened and I was in charge <laughs> to be honest if I was on a train and a monster came unless there was anyone that was genuinely close to me I would let them all die <laughs> yeah <laughs> even, even, even to lady <laughs> even to yeah. lady would get it man there's plenty more fishing to see <laughs> uh, so he gets, he gets to the end of the train and uh, oh wait no I think we've, we've already hit so we had the crash Mm-hmm. No, he still he still meets like the rest of the people here. So he meets the the older couple who yeah. are staring at the wee lassie like quite angrily. Yeah, uh, he meets the the girl who's in the, the canteen that he fancies, who's yeah. obviously not interested. He meets the dickhead guy that is just like a mad shagger. Yeah, open shot. Uh, we've called him the football hooligan. Kebab, kebab man. Yeah, he's not really a football hooligan, but he's got a football top on. Yeah. Uh, the Asian boy who's yep. just reading a book and the young guy that looks quite dodgy that's like, changing into his school clothes I think that's it yep so then he, he gets to all the tickets he manages to get tickets or some form of payment from everybody and then uh, he goes for a wee sleep wee snooze yep and then the train crashes or bumps or comes to a halt yep and he goes up to see about thinking and this is when he finds uh, tea lady our trolley's tipped over and he goes to try and help her and a uh, open shot, like he tries to pick the trolley up, and he's having some trouble with it. And open shot, like picks it up as if he's like stronger and manlier. And then tea lady's clearly eyeing up open shot's dick more than our heroes. <laughs> well, that's because he could pick this uh, the trolley up. That's how it works in the Animal Kingdom. Yeah, that's it. Well, that's it. Yeah, I know. You're stronger. Survival of the fittest, not that. Uh, so he goes through to see that everybody in the train's okay, and he comes across that wee fucking ignorant lassie, and she's smoking. And he's like, you fucking can he smoke in here? And he takes it off, he takes the cigarette off her. And he, like, I don't know what he does, he touches her in some, some way, like, like his hands on her shoulder or something along the lines, or just by taking the cigarette off, whatever it is. And he, she's like, don't touch me, pervert. 
And I'm like, I would definitely feed that wee bitch lassie to the monster first, no question about it. <laughs> See, his hands are on her shoulder, just like telling her to calm down, just to try and sit down. Yeah. As soon as she said that, a pair of it, I would have just dropped the nut, cleaning her nose. <laughs> like that way, she would have hit the deck, screaming blood everywhere. Like, did you just headbutt that little girl? <laughs> yeah, I did. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> I'm the fucking karate train conductor. <laughs> yeah, she well deserves to die. So this is when we can meet Jean Pertwee. He's the driver of the train, and he's jumped off the train to see where. It is. He comes over the tunnel to say like, "There's something on the track. Sorry about this, people. We've stopped for a bit. I'm going to try and fix it, and then we'll get on our way." And he goes out, and you see him out the side. It's pushing with rain, and he's along the side of the train, and he sees a deer. So there appears to be a deer at the moment. I suspect something has thrown the deer at the train. However, your first thought being a train driver is going to be it's a person jumped in front of the train. See, when you say I suspect, are you watching this thinking, oh, I wonder what this is that's attacked the train in a movie called Hill? No, I mean, I know it's going to be werewolves, but I'm just saying, oh, I'm just right. suspecting it is the monster. <laughs> like, I'm I'm just saying, I'm suspecting that the deer hasn't just happened to fall. The deer could have just fell. It could have been just tremendous bad luck that, that fucking deer just jumped in front of the train and got them stopped. If not, they would have just drove right through and the werewolves have just been happily eating fucking frogs and rabbits and whatever else to eat it seems weird because I don't think the, the deer would have stopped the train like I think like, people you've obviously never trains. you've obviously never crashed into a deer before no I know but have you ever crashed into a human before well you know well, in a, what in a car <laughs> sorry what have you crashed into a human in? I've crashed into I've crashed into another car in a car before <laughs> Right, right. No, I mean like an actual, just a, a, a standalone human person. Because there, there's stories of people getting hit with trains and they're not realising it until they get to like the final stop. So, well, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I've, I've heard stories of, of, of people um, receiving uh, train hit crash victims, like outside the train, getting hit with a train, uh, receiving their bodies into the hospital and they don't come in in one bag. Yeah. So, I, I'm surprised the deer would actually stop the train because... The train's that big and heavy, it'll just fucking disintegrate it as soon as it hits it. Yeah. And drag down. Whereas the deer's right at the very, very back of the train, under the the kind of wheels, or however it is train's going. Do you think it has been thrown at the train then? I don't know, I think it's just something that we're not really meant to be talking about. I think it's just that... Just bad physics, very, so they're just yeah. hoping they would sweep over the top of this part. Yeah. Well, not us. Not us, <laughs> Thomas the Tank Engine guys, not us. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so let's, a deer let's, yeah, let's sweep and, over the top of it. <laughs> and the uh, Sean Pertwee then gets his comeuppance, which he has deserved after being on screen for two point two minutes. Yeah, you literally don't even you don't even see the driver kind of looks about outside. You don't even see it's him until he, till the very end when he like looks up. It's like, oh, hey, the driver Sean Pertwee, and now he's dead. <laughs> now this is exactly why I don't get night trains or night buses. Just Ubers, well, in please. Case, in case Sean Pertwee dies. Yeah, but in case anybody dies. <laughs> so, this is when he kind of... Now, he's gone back round about the train. I think he's... He is a... Is a radio... He might have radioed base control and he's getting a really crappy signal. It's like the rain's like calling... Uh, putting a lot of uh, track problems on the go and stuff. And uh, they, they, they gave him an estimate of like four hours or something along those lines. But the wee bitch lass, he's like, you expect me to stay in this skanky train? I'd be like, no, you can fuck off if you want. You know what I mean? <laughs> Open the door and push yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. They're all and they're, this is the thing. Okay, this is when they really like ham up this whole "I need to keep the job" thing because all the people are at, we're getting off, we're we're leaving. You know what I mean? Like, and I would just totally be like, ah, right, fucking, there's the doors open, beat it. 
you know what I mean? Like, uh, I guess, I guess at this point he's still expecting like the the train police or something to come and fix the track or or and then get them back on on route. But really, do you know what I mean? Like, if if the public say no, let me off this train, let me fucking out of this train right now, I'd be like, ah, right, okay, like at your own peril. I'd say like this is nothing. You're now no longer the responsibility of Amtrak's trains or whatever it was called. Uh, but it's decent character building because you know that is. He, he, he does want this job and he does want to progress so him by by not letting them go because if he, if he lets any of them out and anything happens or even if nothing happens if the other people got there and he'd let passengers out on the tracks he would lose his job I know somebody that get caught in a train uh, get stopped and it was like fucking 20 seconds from the station but they'd be sitting it for two and a half hours they couldn't let anybody off the train it was between stations I mean that's how can you? I mean, that's like getting kept prisoner. Like I would just, I would, start fucking like start feigning like panic attacks and like claustrophobic and you know medical emergencies, and I'd be like, get me off this train. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, how can they actually physically stop you? Like, say, like I will, I at my own risk. Like, I'd say, I'm film, film me saying that I am no longer the responsibility of your train company, and I'm out here. And even if that means that I will be arrested if I step foot in the tracks. I'd be like, no, nah, actually, no, I'll probably just stay in the train. <laughs> <laughs> when you buy a train ticket, are you allowing yourself to, like, you can only abide by their rules kind of thing? So if you well, go against what they say, then you can get charged. And when I buy a train ticket, I am expecting to be taken to where I want to fucking go. So I'd say. <laughs> well, Scott, I hope you're listening to this. Yeah. But uh, the character building is good because you do generally believe that, right? I understand why he's not letting them off. I understand that he doesn't know what's out there. He doesn't know that the driver's just been taken away by some snarling beast. And he is just thinking, right, for my job, this is, I've got to keep everybody safe here. And that's what he does. So I, I believe that. I believe up at all the beginning of this when he's meeting all the characters, I believe it all. I believe that these characters actually exist, that people have some of these characteristics and this is what you'd meet in the train. So the script at this point is really, really good. Yeah. Uh, so they're out, they, they leave the tra- they all decide to leave because they, th- they figure the nearest station is only two miles away or so, which is only about what, 15, 20 minute walk, half an hour walk at a slow pace in the dark. Uh, so they're out in the woods and you start to hear howling. And actually, the howling's actually pretty scary, like in terms of think- putting yourself in the position of being out in that, in that woods. And uh, where did they see? This is when they see Sean Pertwee's body, isn't it? Yeah. Him and Tilly, they see it. It's just like disembowelled. Yeah, and they're just like, fuck this, and they run back to the train, and everybody shakes themselves because of their panic, and they all run back as well. Uh, and then the old couple are late to the party, getting back to the door, and the old lady gets caught with her leg. And, pulled out. and do you know, when I was watching it, I actually kind of felt like a bit like normally I can watch movies like this and people get like out of out of the groups get attacked and I don't really I don't really feel like oh shit you know what I mean like like I've explained before about how like maybe if you watch like a long running TV show and you get invested in the characters and when one of them dies you think oh shit for a movie because it's usually is an hour and a half as much as I enjoy, like I enjoy watching it and I can relate to characters and all the rest of it I don't ever really feel like any impact when characters get killed uh, but for some reason, when this when the old woman got a leg caught, I didn't like this old couple anyway. I thought they were a pain in the ass. But when she got a leg caught, I thought, oh, that's a real shame for that old man. He's about to lose his wife, you know. Mm-hmm. But it also, I think it felt different. 
to attack the old woman first. I mean, you know she's not going to make it all the way to the end because you know they, they never do. There's only got to be one or two, if, if any, that make it to the end. But before people have come to terms with it being like a supernatural being, they usually maybe like 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 steal Sean Pertwee away with no when nobody sees what happens, and then maybe steal one or two other people. But we don't really know what happens until eventually it's like a kind of reveal. But that happened really fast. They grabbed yeah. her leg really fast, and the old lady got a glimpse of it really at the beginning. Who then explained that was that wasn't like a dog or a wolf. That was something else that looked like a man. Do you think that was like a conscious character decision, though? That we've met all these people, eighty percent of them are assholes, and you you don't like. So the first person that they attack is the wee old lady. It's like the most innocent, timid one of the group. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that was that was deliberate? Because I I never actually thought about that until you just said it. That was quite a good. I, I like that then. But as if it, if the first attack was on, well, the driver was the first attack. Yeah. If the second attack was on the Scottish lassie or the the wee girl Nina, then I would be like I wouldn't care as much. I just felt like, right, good. They're dead anyway. Get this train moving. Mm-hmm. So that was quite good. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the script in this. Mm-hmm. What I'm thinking about it. The, the more I enjoy it. Yeah. So after that that kind of extreme situation where they come, they got a whole a whole lot of fear. They feared for their lives. The old woman was attacked. Watch everyone's bitchy attitudes leaving. Fuck people, man. Fuck people. <laughs> fuck people's asshole personalities. I think that we should just always be in mortal peril at all times. Well, that sounds like an awful way to live your life. You know what I mean? See, back when you get called up to war, there was no assholes. Yeah. There was, there was probably just, there was good guys and assholes and that was it. There was no fucking, you know, there was no like smarmy bitching and moaning and fucking all the rest of it that comes with it. All the, all the just all the shit. Do you know what I mean? All the fucking gaslighting and all the fucking bullshit in the world that happens just now. There was none of that because you didn't have a chance to do that. You were like you're going to die, so you better fucking just you know pluck up your ideas and go on with it. But if you're in mortal peril your entire life, that's when you rely on your friends, and as we could see in Saturday Night, that some people, when they're in mortal peril, their pals do not come through for them, and they end up stuck in a KFC toilet. The thing is, that's probably the safest longer. place to be if you're in mortal peril. What, a KFC disabled toilet? In a cell, like, safe? That is not, no, because I've only got one exit, and it's fucking locked, so that means that they can only come in one way, I have no other escape, apart from that door. You also have no entry, so... Because that door was not open. <laughs> but if you're really trying to get through it, you could. So obviously whatever I was trying to hide from in the toilet would get through that door. That is not the safest place to be. <laughs> Alright, okay. Just because you like fucking KFC and you I like chicken. Uh. <laughs> right, they get to the front of the train to see what's going on. And you know what? This also might be taken away from people's maybe like hard-end jobs and stuff, but it looks quite easy to drive a train. Forward and stop, but it looks at that panel. Uh, no, because you've got to balance it on the rails. Like, if it goes off too far to one side, it falls off. Hey, I know, but it's just like... <laughs> That's actually not how you drive a train. I have no <laughs> idea how you drive a train. Forward and stop! <laughs> Scott, there was one episode uh, that we were talking about the Kill Your Darlings with... Who's in that? Daniel Radcliffe. Uh-huh. And both of us uh, <laughs> said, oh, were trains even invented at that time? In, like, 1960. <laughs> <laughs> so neither of us neither of us know anything about trains <laughs> yeah but okay, yeah, fair enough fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> so we go back to our, our people in peril on the uh, the train and the old man shouts to his wife she needs medical attention now I'm like what you got to carry her mate 
because don't shout the answer at me if you've not worked out the solution. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> that's why, and again, it's, it's a great script because this is how people react. But see, when they, they just, when people decide who's going to be in charge, whether it's because they've shown good leadership skills or because they just feel as if they were in a position of power beforehand and they still trust them, you know, like because he's obviously works for the train, that's why they're still putting all the responsibility in him. But like, don't she? Yes, she needs medical attention at hopefully a hospital, but. You know what I mean? I know that's the answer, but how the fuck are we going to get there? So don't shout, don't shout that at me if you've not worked out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'd be like, take your fucking wife and shut up because her moaning's annoying me. And also the fact that they're talking down to him all before this is if his job's not a real job, he should get a real job. Then why are they now think like convinced that his job's important enough that he can help? Yeah, idiots. Absolute idiots. And that's just people though. Stop offending everyone. <laughs> no, I mean, if you offend everyone, then nobody can be upset. Where would you be? Would you be in the investigating party with the extinguisher up the front of the train, or would you be hanging back with all the invalids? I would have kicked the window out, and I would have been eaten by a werewolf about four <laughs> seconds after that old woman was ripped through the door. Okay. Uh, in reality, I'd be locked in the fucking toilet. <laughs> so you'd be kebab man. <laughs> I'd be kebab man. <laughs> so yeah, we totally forget about kebab man. They they hear a noise that's inside the train and they go investigate and they think it's um, they think it's obviously one of the monsters inside the train. But it turns out uh, kebab man's locked himself in the toilet and he can't get out. So he gets out and he's got a football top on where we will on it, which is a wee bit on the nose. <laughs> or he supports the. Uh... It's, it's not even it's not even like the wolves it's, it's, it's the team for the train where the trains are going it's like Peterborough or something like that it's called no. <laughs> Peterborough wolves yeah they don't <laughs> exist um, so then we go back to the old woman again so and then Sean McDonald's pulling the bandage off to have a look at it they've only I mean how long have they been sitting at this point as it's supposed to have been because why would you bandage up and then open it up again to look at it not to mention the fact that they say that she's now got a full on fever like okay it's a supernatural uh, disease because I'm okay. Is she turning to werewolf? Is that part of the werewolf story? Turns out, yes, it is. But how fast does that happen? I mean, if it's a supernatural disease, then you could have a fever like within seconds, I suppose. Really, you could do whatever the hell you want. Yeah, the rabies. Yeah, there's certain, there's certain mushrooms that if you eat, you get like seven minutes to eleven, and it shuts down everything inside you. So maybe this is a bit like one of those deadly mushrooms where it just comes, it hits you hard, and then bang, you're a werewolf lady. Yeah, Probably I'd... the best werewolf lady to be on the train because if it was one of the big guys, you're not going to beat them. If you turn into a werewolf, whereas a wee old lady, you've got a chance. You've got a chance to to beat her. Yeah, I mean, yeah, when you when you look it out like that, you think you think, yes, that's that's who I would hope to be the the werewolf. The practical effects are fucking amazing. Yeah. With that old lady, uh, and is this the part where Nina gets it? Yes, this is the part. So Nina is the pain in the arse lassie. And her mum phones her, her phone rings and it's like, because they didn't have single signal and she answers it. And it's her mum. And I got the impression that her mum was giving her jip because she was late. Like, mm-hmm. she tried, she's like on the phone saying, oh mum, no, no, honestly, the train's late, the train broke down, like, listen to me, listen to me, no, honestly, listen to me, something's really bad's happening. She, it's like, she needs to try and, as if her mum's talking on the other side, we don't hear what's on the other side. But it was, um, it was enough to let me think that, um, yeah, like her mum's like saying, you're, you're late home, where have you went, are you out drinking or drugs or whatever you're doing, you know what I mean? Um, but then everybody starts shouting at her, like, and everybody starts shouting instructions at her to try and no, tell your mum to get the police, tell this, and then open shot tries to take the phone off her, and it was like it was actually quite stressful that whole sit- that that whole scene, and the camera angles as well were like point of view from Nina's, like at all the people shouting at her, like moving back and forth. And it was it was quite well done, but um, then the window gets pulled open and she gets uh, pulled out and she's pampered, yeah. which I'm glad of. 
the, the, the practical effects there are they're generally good for every time it zooms away you can tell it's like a model train but it's still done in quite a kind of cool 80s horror vibe way that it's okay it works but when they people are getting pulled out the window and pulled out the door it generally looks like they are getting pulled out and also the creature effects once you, you get the glimpse of the thing that looks exactly like Rawhead Rex except <laughs> for like a modern generation of the creature yeah, yeah. Because we don't. When do we see him? Uh, so it's coming up. So there's a couple of scenes definitely before we get the the proper reveal. I've yeah. still, I've not actually seen Rohead Rex, but I know he's supposed to look like a big Willie. Aye, I yeah. thought you had seen it. No, I've not seen it. All right, yeah, might pick that for a future pick. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but the that camera angle you're talking about, where it's the first person from her, it it, it kind of goes into that a couple of times during the movie. In some way, it seems like a really weird a weird place to put in where it's yeah. filmed exactly like the peep show and I yeah. think that camera angle only really works in peep show yeah. or hardcore Henry or something yeah. if you just you've either got to keep that style and that is your camera style throughout the whole film or don't touch it I don't think you can go in and out the way this film does and it kind of by the end of it there was a bit later on we'll get to but it just it annoyed me too much I thought that's a really weird technical thing to choose like why why do that yeah, I thought I quite. I feel as if that I enjoy. Like I didn't enjoy it, but I feel as if that I accepted that camera angle for that scene where they were all shouting at her. I thought it worked there, um, yeah. but I also was aware of it, and it it made it, it made me feel tense watching it. So I don't know if it was because I was tense at the angle or I was tense at the actual scene. Yeah, so maybe maybe would because then you you if you're invested in this, you feel like you're there. So uh, maybe it does work as a kind of tense maker. Yeah. Not for me, though. Yeah. Right. Um, so this is where uh, Open Shirt and Joe are having a conversation, or Joe's uh, Open Shirt's talking to Joe, and he's basically saying, look, um, survival of the fittest, we're the strongest guys, are we going to band together and like sacrifice some of these old cunts to the, the monsters so that we can get away? I think Joe's like, I don't know if he answers them or not, or he basically just, like, because he's, obviously Joe's our hero, or, like, hero who's the best of everything, you know, so, but survival of the fittest, for real, right? But also, you would just secretly be thinking that. Although Openshirt obviously is looking for someone to trust, you kind of just be ready to like sacrifice people. You want to know that maybe somebody else has got your back when you make that decision to sacrifice yeah. someone. Which, by the way, in this situation, because this is still real world, is obviously is obviously um, a bad thing to do because you want to try and help everybody. However, sometimes the hard decisions need to be made. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Um, so the the old woman she's got to turn in a way for sure <laughs> yeah. you're the worst person to be on your side uh, on anyone's side in a crisis no see the thing is you want to be on my side in a crisis you no I don't what, what, you don't want to be on my uh, sacrificial side no because the, the terrifying thing for me it wouldn't be the werewolves it would be the walking down the tracks with you trying to keep quiet trying to stay away from the werewolves and you'd come out with some the fucking nonsense that you came out with and I would get mad and shout and I'd get angry and I'd probably swing a punch and then we would get found and then we also would get us and it would all be your fault I, but maybe that was maybe me getting you angry to make noise so you get caught and you get eaten is actually my way of sacrificing you well, there's there's the, the premier reason why I don't want you on my side in a crisis <laughs> you're already thinking about sacrificing me 
only because you said you want to be in my side. You see, the thing is, it's all about trust and loyalty. <laughs> Just remember that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the old woman is going to turn into a werewolf for sure at this point. And then we have lost uh, Kebab Man again. Oh, where is he? Oh, he's away in a shite. Cliché, fat guy shite a lot. Very good. <laughs> see, that, that's not what I took from that. No. I took the, a drunk guy eating a kebab and his biggest concern was that he missed his stop and he needs a shite. I didn't take that. This was a this was a, a put down on all fat people <laughs> in their regular bowel movements. Yeah, just fucking making fun of me. We, we do jobbies all the time. <laughs> I, I don't think word. I do any more jobbies than anybody else. Stop saying it, I hate that word. What, jobby? Yeah, that and ugh, poo. Poo, that's I don't poo. say poo, that's too... That's just stupid words, I hate them. Yeah, I've done a jobby in every single one of my toilets on Saturday before I come out to see you. Right, stop saying it, but why? I don't know, I just I didn't even do it on purpose, but I just realised when I was shitting in my third toilet, I was like, oh, I've done every one today. Check Mr. Fancy Pants in these three toilets. Yeah, I'm not usually allowed to job in the king. Downstairs. I'm the king. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not usually allowed to job in the downstairs toilet because it's too near the kitchen, Lauren says. <laughs> 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 it's the best when I do the, when I do a, a, an open door job in the downstairs one, though. <laughs> do, you do, a, do you ever do an open door shite when the, there's nobody in the house? No. No, oh, it's just shoot, it's liberating. Do it with all your clothes off as well. No. <laughs> well, do you know what? You're missing out. <laughs> Right, oh. so, uh, so why did why did the wolf break in through the toilet roof instead of just breaking into the carriage that they're all in? Uh, maybe it was attracted to the smell. I think it's just I think it's just uh, uh, writing. I think it's just uh, clearly just to try and stretch it out. Yeah, is that um, a movie called How About Werewolves? Of course, that's it's all stretching <laughs> out. So at this point. Uh, Joe's trying to help the fat guy out of the toilet because he's locked himself in again and Joe's got like his ring of keys although you think he would only have maybe one or two keys for a fucking train but apparently he's got about 20 keys so he can't open the door quick enough and the, the wolf comes in the roof and like his blood starts pouring through the door and there ends up being a hole in the door and you can kind of glimpse through and see him getting killed and you almost get a, fu- a full view of the monster at this point so then Joe gets back in they've bar- barricaded themselves in the one carriage that they're in and this is so it starts to kind of punch through into the carriage they're in and that his hands come through right but they all start running away that's what's when it's putting its hands through that's when you axe its hands not run away that's when you axe its hands yeah but <laughs> but then it gets through and into the carriage and then you get the reveal and I was like wow I wasn't expecting that at all this movie just got infinitely better and the fact that they were able to uh, so then I saw so the fact that they, basically this 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 werewolf comes in right let me try and explain how it looks before I describe what they do to it. It looks like a big man. Like a big weird man with kinda long hair on his head but not a lot of like wolf hair on his body, but he's got like wolf or dog bottom legs. You know that way that the legs go kinda backwards and so you can run really fast. Triple jointed. Yeah. This is what it looks like. It just you know, you expect to see like a wolf face like a, or a, like a, just like a big hairy wolf standing up. That's what you expect. That's what you've seen all the time in all werewolf movies. But this just still looks like a kinda a deformed man with like wolf teeth and wolf legs. It looks like Rawhead Rex. Yeah, well, I, I've not seen it, but <laughs> I did. Ju- I just thought it looked brilliant. I was just like, I was not expecting it to look so fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah, I, I fully agree. It was the practical effect. I think one of the directors, uh, sorry, one of the writers or the director is like 
very well known for his special effects so that makes sense as to why this had quite a low budget and yet the the makeup design and the practical effects are shit hot man yeah and yeah. they have to be you can't ever since American Werewolf in London you can't do a werewolf movie if you're not going to go all out with the practical effects no absolutely not because otherwise it'll just end up like Twilight nobody cares <laughs> apart for you because you love Kirsten Stewart because you're a bell end I, I, uh, I don't just personal shopper man just love that film uh, yeah so, the, so the, the monster comes in right and then they do start to, to fight it they start stabbing it with their um, crowbars and their wee spikes and stuff they've got somebody's got an axe somebody else is hitting it with a, a, a fire extinguisher but the fact that they were able to all like kick its head in and then keep killing it after it hits the deck because they managed to like stab it in the eye with a crowbar and you think how's it still standing and then uh, the the boy was reading the book at the start the kind of nerdy one he gets up with an axe and he hits it with the axe and it falls to the deck and he just keeps hitting it and hitting it and hitting it till I think like uh, then like Shona's the uh, Shona McDonald is like stop that's him it's dead now now I like that because they don't I think they like the fact that they're able to kill this main wolf because the old lady's going to change into a wolf they don't need the main wolf anymore but they don't know that she's really going to change into this wolf yet so they've just killed the beast think that that's them done but obviously we know as as an audience that there's you know there's more to come and then uh, so then the beast does set back up again and then Joe runs in uh, as the hero for the day and smashes his face in with the fire extinguisher and that's you get practical effects there of like the, the head just like getting caved in like, that yeah. was fucking brilliant. Yeah, it looks so good. Uh, so then after that, uh, my note is, I think the group decision should be to kill both the old woman and the old man. Why do you want to kill the old man? He's just a prick. He's like, <laughs> ah, he's, he's, his wife's clearly got to turn into a, a fucking werewolf. And he's like, oh, if you touch one hair in her head, I will punch your face in, young man. I'm like, fuck off, you old cunt. But I mean? if, if Lauren had got attacked by a wolf and everybody wanted to kill her because they knew she was going to turn into a werewolf, because you don't technically know, you can see her getting unwell, but you don't, and when this happens, you you don't know the story of the werewolf, you've not seen werewolf movies in this reality, so you don't know what it is, so you don't want people to kill your wife. Would you what, let people in the train hit Lauren in the head with a fire extinguisher? See if... See when you we'd all punch fuck out the actual werewolf and we'd killed this werewolf, right? And we're looking at this werewolf and we're looking at his triple jointed legs and saying that's not man, that's something supernatural here. And and Lauren's like a fever and kind of starting to like look weird. You're all there discussing what to do next, and you turn around and I'm stripped to the waist. I've got war paint on and I've got uh, Lauren's wedding rings around my neck on a chain while I've got her head in my hands saying kick, chucking <laughs> out the window saying right next what do we do? <laughs> Sacrifices need to be made. What he's not getting about this? Sacrifices need to be made. <laughs> I hope Lauren listens to this episode <laughs> and sees just how quickly you removed her head yeah, in a well, time of crisis. Got, you know, uh, because also because do you think that we just sit and watch telly at night? This is why we haven't even watched Game of Thrones because we are practicing for fucking something like this. There is no way that Lauren's getting bit in the first place. It'll be one of you fucking fuckers. So we won't. We'll be the one making decisions. Kings and queens of the fucking end of the world <laughs> <laughs> I can see the end of the world being like the uh, the Seth Rogen movie this is the end <laughs> except you're Sharon Tatum see you've made this joke before <laughs> but it's not it's not uh, everybody thinks that's a funny joke but hey do you know what though 
Charon Tatum survived, you know? So, yeah, and do what Danny it takes. McBride, Danny McBride's gimp, bitch. Do what it takes. <laughs> Would you take one in the mouth just to survive at the end of the world? I'd take one in the mouth for free donuts, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like somebody has offered you a free donut <laughs> if you suck their dick. Has that actually happened? Uh, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Fucking crispy creams, man. <laughs> you should now tweet this to Krispy Kreme. There was a, I know, there was just there was some kind of joke in there about having a creamy hole, but I was, I couldn't, I couldn't work it out fast enough. <laughs> uh, right, <laughs> back to the movie. So, uh, yeah, they go back, they go into the woods, and then you start to hear multiple howls in the woods, and I'm like, fuck that, no chance. Um. So where where are we? So we've got we've killed so the one. On. So at this point you're standing holding your wife's decapitated head, covered in war paint and blood, and then suddenly you hear a couple of wee dogs howling and you're like, Oh fuck, I'll just sit back then. Nah, that's too much. <laughs> do, do you put her head in the chair next to you or do you just hold it in your knee? What, what do you do? Stroke his hair. <laughs> um <laughs> So right, so basically we've got Yeah, we've got the old lady who's turning into a werewolf that tied her up. And they've also tied up open shot because he was like he was he advocated for killing the old lady, and that's when the, the old man was like, ah, "No, you don't don't touch her." So they've tied both of them up, and then we've got Shauna McDonald and Open Shot sitting across from each other, and she goes, "You don't remember me, do you? I've been trying to place you all night." I was like, "Well, you didn't remember him either." <laughs> you know what I mean, and they're like, "But this is this is my question, right?" They had this back and forth about how she went for a. A job interview and she's like oh but all you had done was look down my top and then I didn't get the job because you just wanted to shag me and he's like well I, I didn't, you didn't get the job and I didn't shag you so fucking shut it what now, are you moaning about hi, <laughs> now then he then he says something he's like pretty horrible he's like this is why you know you get all, you get strong women like you who want to have a seat at the big table with the boys um, but then you can't handle it and then you get employed for a year then you swan off for nine months and come back oh too tired to work and oh feeling sorry for yourself and you think it's a terrible thing to say <laughs> Dude. Yeah, the, guy, the, guy's like, the guy's an absolute prick <laughs> yeah he is but I felt like is there any need for this hashtag me too dialogue like did it forward the story or is it just so that we're even more happy when open shut inevitably cops it yeah it's, de- it's definitely that yeah you, you need to hate this guy. You need to be rooting for the werewolves every so often in a werewolf film. And this is the point you're rooting for them. Like, right, get this misogynistic prick yeah. out of here. Because you want to see, like, like a lot of, like, really good practical effects of someone getting, like, ripped to pieces. So you, you want to be somebody that you'll cheer for getting killed when it happens. Yeah. Uh, and then we get a, a, a view that uh, there's hundreds of them. I'm like, fuck me, <laughs> there's hundreds of them. They are all fucked. And there's you, still sitting with your <laughs> wife's decapitated head, stroking the hair. Yeah. <laughs> and there's me, dead in the toilet, because I ate a kebab and got locked in it. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there was also this plan, like between stories here, of the, the boy who's like a, they called him like a delinquent or a young, a chav or something like that. Uh, and Open Shot was like winding him up throughout the, the day as well. But he'd said that he he's said he knew how knows how to fix trains, and he had said how he was there for it. He was like in town for a, an engineering like interview and stuff. So he said he's went underneath the train and he is uh, taped up the train, uh, taped up the fuel leak, 
and he's told uh, Joe how to start the train once the, the pressure and stuff comes back. And he has got the boy who's the nerd that was reading the book out with a torch to help him. So this is when the torch boy hears, which I think, is it Nina? Is it her voice? Is she alive? Has she been turned? Because right. she looked like she got ripped to absolute pieces. Yeah, I don't remember hearing her voice. Someone, if- yes, yeah, someone, someone in the woods. A wee girl's voice uh, like shouts, "Help me!" And that's what makes um, Torch Boy like kind of walk away and walk towards the uh, the woods. But this is obviously like then there's there's loads of them. So like he's just pan bait. He's just ripped to bits and eaten. So this, but also, so he gets the, uh, the 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 leak taped up, right? And we see in the in the front of the train that um, the pressure's coming back, so they managed to kind of start the train. But I'm like, is the train going to move? It's all good to get the leak taped up, but the deer's still wedged under the wheels, no? I think the deer is just to distract you at the start from the wolves. I think we've then got to pretend that the deer has never been there. Especially because the train would just rip through it. There's no way a deer is stopping a train. So is it maybe just that they hit a deer, he stopped, the deer, he hit the deer, the deer ripped the fuel line. That's what happened. So the train had to stop because there's a fuel leak because it's been dragging this deer along the track. So it'll still go past the deer, it'll still drive with the deer there, but the deer's obviously ripped the fuel line. Maybe that's what it is. Right, okay. I can't believe that we are stumped by this quite simplistic werewolf movie. (laughs) And yet, we're sitting talking absolute shit about how good we would be in a crisis. <laughs> we can't even watch a basic fucking movie. <laughs> right, we're back on the train. And we have uh, untied um, open shirt man. And we have untied the old woman. Or does she untie herself because she's now super werewolf strong? Yeah. Uh, but I'm like, fuck's sake, man. The actions of the people on the train are so frustrating. They So, Sean and McDonald untie his open shirt, who then turns around to help the old man because his wife is now, like, kind of going to kill him. And he, like, hits her with, with like, the, one of the axes or a wrench or whatever tool he's got left. And then the old boy still punches open shirt because he's touched a hair on his wife's head. I'm like, do you know what? Well, that's what you get when he gets eaten. That's what he gets. That's totally what he gets. That's what he gets for, for, for not, like, killing his wife and cutting her head off. That's what he gets. Eating. <laughs> so then you think, well, maybe Open Shut's got to redeem himself. And he goes up to the top and meets Sean McDonald's who's up at one of the doors and they're looking back like the old man hasn't fully been eaten yet or they're going to maybe like kill the old lady um, werewolf and he's thinking, should I do it? Should I do it? And then werewolf's come behind Sean McDonald, open the door and he just kicks her out. <laughs> <laughs> and I did not expect him to kick her off the train, you know? But it makes sense because of how much a prick he's been the whole way through it. Yeah. Oh yeah. But then I also wondered if they if they had killed Shauna or if if if, uh, if they've got some semblance of human reasoning with them and like maybe left her to come back later on or turned her into a werewolf. But we don't we don't know if that ever happened. I, 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 if they had reasoning and they were going to pull her out of a train as violently as they did, why would they then just leave her? Yeah, but maybe it's running it with Wolf. Maybe maybe she's one of the ones at the end. But you don't really know. There's no there's no kind of there's none of that kind of seeing into their eyes or anything. You know. Yeah. However, talking about eyes, the old woman turned into a werewolf. Her eyes and facial prosthetics were actually quite creepy in the way that she was yeah. walking about that train. I really like this version of werewolves. Big kind of humanoid. Yeah. Wolves. Yeah. 
the legs are really CGI. You see them maybe once or twice, but they don't really focus in on it when they're walking about the train carriage. It's just the top halves, so it is just people with kind of prosthetics on. But the CGI on the the ground, like the, the legs, is ages already. Like you say, there's maybe not the biggest budget, so like that's that's where it kind of does let it down. But mm. and it's funny because that's that's where it lets all movies. Well, I was going to say all movies down, but it doesn't. If you've got like unlimited billions of bajillions of bucks then you can make like the Avengers and make it look alright and that is exactly what the Avengers cost yeah. <laughs> a bajillion bazillion what, what did they pay for in CGI is it paying for the software or is it paying for the person that knows how to use it I think it's just paying for the team yeah, the software the, the computers and the team mean the Avengers and stuff like the digital effects team will be in the, the hundreds this will be like two guys doing this is it because it takes so long to do these things? Like, you know how when they said in uh, Monsters, Inc., like, Sully had over, like, two billion hairs? Yeah. So it was, like, like get, like, a million people to do, like, five hairs he- each. Here's the way. How's I, that? Think, I think you just copy and paste, and I think there's a keyboard shortcut where you just keep tapping it, and we'll just put more and more hairs. Yeah, but how many times do you need to tap that to be ten billion? Two billion? Yeah. <laughs> so that's why you need a team, mate. That makes sense. <laughs> Um, so our delinquent comes back on the train he manages to get back on the train and he uh, he brings so there's like four or five werewolves now on the train yeah and who have we got we've got where's Ropenshot he's still on the train I think at this point and Tea Lady and Joe yeah so yeah so then uh, Ropenshot's managed to kind of put a barricade between himself and uh, Joe and Tea Lady and then Joe's left his keys in the door fuck of course he has and uh, Openshirt managed to open the door and jump off and leave them. Like, yeah, I think I think he's already he's already attacked Joe. He's hit Joe, and like said, like just made the sacrifice. He's made the hard decision that you know if he's going to run out into the woods, there needs to be something for them to focus on back in the train. He's, he's hit Joe to to weaken him and injure him and leave him behind. Yeah. Thing is, he was too forthright with it. He's too forthcoming with it. See if he was more as if it. See if he acted like, oh, this is actually a really hard decision to make. Then. It would have been people would have felt as if he had some kind of empathy. See, because he's just like, nah, fuck this, I'm killing you, I'm sacrificing you, I'm sacrificing you, I'm sacrificing you. People are like, no, he's a dick. But see, if you say, oh man, I really don't want to sacrifice you, but I'm going to have to. <laughs> I'm going to. Yeah, people like you better. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, not, not, not the people you sacrifice. No, because here, here it comes, right? The boy who fixes the, the, the delinquent, he comes back on with um, Molotov cocktails and he lights them throws it at some of the werewolves and the train carriage goes on fire CGI fire it's a letdown it always is at one point yeah. he actually just walks through what looks like a wall of fire and he just walks through it because there's like there's no fire there but they, so the three of them get to the three who's left because open shots jumped off so Joe Tea Lady and Delinquent get to the door and they get the door open and they go to jump off and Tea Lady and Joe jump off and we turn around and Delinquent gets, gets picked up by one of the wolves and like pulled back into the carriage and they instantly decide fucking run you know they instantly yeah. decide that's our break that's the sacrifice we're off whereas they could have, they could have jumped back onto the train to help me he wasn't dead yet but they decided that he was getting sacrificed <laughs> you know so that's yeah. that it's, it's very clever you need to be really smart to know how to make it make somebody sacrifice someone make it look as if he didn't actually mean it as if he had no choice nobody listening to this is ever ever going to be what to be with you in any situation that might lead to danger if you've got something that's worthy, then you're not going to get sacrificed, are you? If you're worth something, then you're kept. <laughs> so, what the motto of this episode is, is make sure you're worth something before you hang about with Scott. 
Yeah, learn a skill. <laughs> Bring something to the table. What's your skill? You don't. I, what, what do you mean? I mean, I'm, I'm the leader. You don't ask the leader skills. <laughs> I'm asking. I'm asking right now. What's I decide, your skill? I decide who's skill, who's skills. I decide the skills. What skill do you bring to the table Knowledge. in this situation? Knowledge. Knowledge. No, are you joking? Hey, <laughs> 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 uh, uh, let me think. Let me think. Uh, survival skills. I think if this was a, if this was like a PlayStation game, and you got to like build your skills up as you go through the game. The only bar that you have not even attempted to fill is fucking knowledge. <laughs> what, what, what skill do you bring to the table? I can build IKEA furniture. That's going to help them when we're also attacking the train. I know how to. Uh, I know how to. I know how to cook. I can cook yet and venting. Scott, quite easy. Your skill would be medical, considering that's your profession. Oh yeah, aye. I can't believe you. The first thing you thought it was IKEA furniture. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that what you actually do at your job? You're in the yeah, world just building shelves. Something. You tell her that you, you that you're actually like helping, but no, you are literally just building shelves and beds. People pay money to build IKEA furniture. Actually, if any listeners are in the Glasgow area and you want your IKEA furniture built, I'll. Come and do it. Depends what it is. Uh, 20 quid, I'll build your IKEA furniture. 30 quid, actually. It's probably a good market for naked IKEA yeah. furniture building. Yeah, who's naked? Me or me? <laughs> yeah, you. Right. I don't think you'd pay somebody to come build IKEA furniture while you sat naked watching them. <laughs> Although there might also be a market for that. There was a girl in the paper a few weeks ago, or some online news site, uh, that runs a naked cleaning company and I actually think it's in Glasgow so you can hire the cleaner to come and they do it bollock naked there's a there's a market for everything there's literally but everything that to, to me that screams danger because whose house is dirty enough that they want to get a cleaner and why does the cleaner have to be naked perverts and rapists <laughs> definitely 100% <laughs> perverts and rapists is that the article that says there's nothing sexual about this cleaning company? Yes, okay. <laughs> keep t- yeah. Tell it to the perverts and rapists that are booking you. Sometimes it's just like old, lonely old men. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because all they want is their furniture cleaned. So now we've got Tea Lady and Joe running through the woods. And uh, the soundtrack here is like 28 days later. You know, at the end yeah. it just keeps kind of building and getting intense and tense. It's actually pretty good. Um, now, they get to this kind of clearing and the sun's kind of coming up, it seems. Now, he insists that she runs. That he's, She's like, no, we can both run. There's a there's a track here, there's a road. We're nearly out of the woods. And he's like, no, no, you run. You run and I'm going to stay. She's like, that's, that's, that's fucking daft, Joe. We'll both run, right? We'll both run. And she's like, no, 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 no. You go. You, you go, it's all right. I'm going to stay here and fight them. And uh, I'll be fine. And then he kisses her, which she never asked for. And he never asked if it was okay because she's already knocked him back twice. So technically, that's sexual harassment. So that's that's when she decides, right, I'm out of here, <laughs> and she runs. But I would say they would just chase after both of them because there was like seven or eight werewolves, and they can go a lot faster than people can because of the triple jointed legs. Yeah. So that just doesn't re- seem sense to me. Also, the sun should turn them back into humans. No, is that not part of the werewolf thing? Yeah. It's well the werewolf thing. Yeah, once the the full moon is away. But are these werewolves? You don't really know what they are. They're just these big kind of wolf type creatures. 
these things maybe exist all the time. Yeah, I think the, I think it, I think the idea is I think they're supposed to exist all the time because they don't like show you the full moon or anything. They don't even make an effort to that. Yeah. So I, the the fact that there's groups of them, so they're just these kind of cannibal humanoid wolves, and I, I like that about the movie because there's no backstory as to why they're like this or where they came from or where they live. Robot. It's just basically there's these fucking monsters. They are attacking and are these did. So yeah. they would still be alive during the day if they were just random monsters. Yeah. So we get to see about f- five or six of them circle Joe and then they attack him and there's this big one with like blonde hair and werewolf tits and that and they just I think he managed to stab it a couple of times with like a silver bit of silver so if that's supposed to do anything. Werewolf tits. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then they just eat him. And I was like, oh man, I thought he was going to make it. Uh, then where do we go next? Do we see... She has somehow she's somehow managed to just walk straight back to her work. And she's walked up to the train station and she just like shows somebody Joe's name tag. And you're like, okay. <laughs> so I take it the movie didn't end well for you then, Scott? Well, no, we still got another scene because this is when we see Open Shut. Mm-hmm. Open Shut's still wandering about the woods. And then he... Then he sees nothing, and then he puts a smile on his face and he starts walking. And then he sees like Joe's bloody uniform, and he goes, "Ah, oh, Joe!" This is after he has like barricaded him in the train and fucked off and left him. He then goes, "Ah, oh, Joe, where are you, mate? Ah, oh, Joe, you here, mate?" And then we see Joe with some uh, werewolf prosthetics on. He's not dead. He is now a werewolf, which makes me think they do have some kind of semblance for reasoning and thought because the at that point they should have like pulled him to pieces and ate him to bits. But they just kind of gave him a bite and then turned him into a werewolf. As if they'd done it on purpose. Maybe because they had eight adults in the train, so they weren't that hungry. They just thought a wee nibble would do. Very, very possibly. And then that is the end of the movie. He doesn't look like Joe at all. With his prosthetics, he looks completely different. Yeah, he looks like a wolf. Yeah. <laughs> so, what did you think of Howl? Well, my final summation for Howl was that was fun. It was different, but similar at the same time. It was made in 2015, but I felt like it was from the same time as, like, like say, Descent or Creep or Dog Soldiers. Uh, I enjoyed the movie pleasantly. Sure. Wait, that's where the, the director is the special effects guy from the Descent. Right. Well, that's, that kind of... That ties in. Yeah, that kind of makes a wee bit of sense. <laughs> um, but it seems as if the, it, it, was, it would have fitted in coming out at the exact at the run about the same time as all those movies. It didn't. So it felt like, and I think they're all about. I keep thinking they're like 2001, but I think they're like 2008, 2006, 2008 ish. Um, which is still about 10 years ago. Fuck me. Uh, it certainly increased my enjoyment after the reveal of the first beast. There was good kills, good practical effects, and okay CGI. Good acting, especially as some of the characters were so annoying I wanted them to die, which then obviously that shows that the acting was pretty good, that they managed to create that those horrible people. Overall, a fun monster movie. Four werewolf tits out of five. <laughs> four? I initially was going to uh, rate it 3.5, but I instantly <laughs> remembered that you would have went half your fucking nut if I made the movie I enjoyed the same as I made the movie I didn't. <laughs> I know, because if you said 3.5 after what you said, that would have made sense. I would have I would have got that. See, because I, th- I, think, it is a, I think it is a 3.5. It is. Yeah, I would say it's more 3.5 yeah. than a four. Yeah, I've changed it. 3.5 werewolf tits. <laughs> uh, 
I've seen a couple of reviews on IMDb. One was a one star out of ten. It was bad, really bad. Worst movie I have ever seen. Makes Hammer films of the 60s and 70s look special. Cannot recommend. Which just made me fucking raging because that suggests that the Hammer films of the 60s and 70s are shit. <laughs> and they're not. Fucking to- Tony Miller TCM. You fucking dick. Uh, and then this review. 10 out of 10. By Monkeyman100. Before the wolf attacks and hell breaks loose, what happened to the little dog under the seat? <laughs> that that is his ten star review. <laughs> That's pretty good. Ten star review. <laughs> However, I also I my uh, reasoning for where that went. There's been a couple of stops before they had a crash. Yeah, so would you want to go on and tell Monkey Man 100 that that's what happened? I will. Yeah. My review is it's a it's a fun werewolf film. There's no sparkles. There's no backstory, and it's just switch on and enjoy the ride. And once it's off. You don't need to think about it again. The practical effects are very, very, very good. The soundtrack's decent. The acting and the, the script were all very good. Uh, it, it didn't break any records. It didn't do anything drastically different than what we see in the majority of British horror. But it was definitely fun. The camera angles, the first-person camera angles, annoyed me. I thought that was a bit of a kind of technical slight... Like, they didn't need to do that. I don't quite get why they did it. If they were just testing it out and just thought, fuck it, we'll keep it in. Uh, so, overall, I'd give it a 3 out of 5. But I did I did enjoy it. That's fair. Yeah, and that is how you rate a movie, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning, I'm learning. <laughs> uh, cool, so we'll take a short break and then we'll be back to close out the show. I was only 9 years old. I loved Shrek so much. I had all the merchandise and movies. I pray to Shrek every night before bed, thanking him for the life I've been given. Shrek is love, I say. Shrek is life. My dad hears me and calls me a faggot. I knew he was just jealous of my devotion for Shrek. I called him a cunt. He slaps me and sends me to go to sleep. I'm crying now, and my face hurts. I lay in bed and it's really cold. A warmth is moving towards me. I feel something touch me. It's Shrek. I'm so happy. He whispers in my ear. This is my swamp. He grabs me with his powerful ogre hands and puts me on my hands and knees. I'm ready. I spread my ass cheeks for Shrek. He penetrates my butthole. It hurts so much, but I do it for Shrek. I can feel my butt tearing as my eyes start to water. I push against his force. I want to please Shrek. He roars a mighty roar as he fills my butt with his love. My dad walks in. Shrek looks him straight in the eye and says, It's all ogre now. Shrek leaves through my window. Shrek is love. Shrek is life. So, have you been watching anything else this week? I have been. What have I been watching? I'm, I've just decided to just batter in and catch up with Game of Thrones because every time I was said to Lauren, do I go back into Game of Thrones? She just kept going, uh, no, uh, no. So I thought, fuck it. The 
seasons um, I've got season 1 to 4 on DVD and I, I, season 5 to 7 are only available catch up on Sky until the 31st of May so I'm trying to power my way through halfway through season 5 now so you don't know what happens in the finale? no I don't know what happens in the finale no yeah I mean well, in, in fact I kind of do the spoilers everywhere I kind of roughly know I don't do not do not say it at all no I won't I won't, I won't spoil it for people because I, I, but the thing is I'm like I'm enjoying, I'm like I'm, I say I'm enjoying. It. I'm watching it. It's like playing through, but I'm also quite distracted by my phone at the same time because there's so many characters and there's so many and there's so many storylines. It kind of, it kind of feels like, like you know the way The Walking Dead is now. That there's like six different communities and you go through it and you maybe go like three or four episodes before you get to see somebody. So like I've watched like like a season and a half and I've not seen fucking uh, Bran and Hodor for ages. Do you know what I mean? Like an Arya's been fucking gone for it. God knows how long I keep watching. So, I mean, there's like three or four storylines. I'm trying to get used to fucking people's names and they're all fucking daft names like, oh, fucking Jimmy Jones, first of his name and second of the, the line of procession. I was pish and I'm like, just go and call people fucking, you know, Peter and Paul and stop fucking with all this pish. <laughs> and everybody's dressed the same as well. So how the hell am I supposed to know the difference unless you go to the, like the, the Spanish companies where she's got the, the blonde hair lassie is. They're all dressed like for the sun, but everybody else has got big fucking winter coats on. I'm like, I don't know. Who anybody it's is? Honestly, just sack Game of Thrones now because you're not going to enjoy the rest of it. <laughs> just there's no point in wasting time. And also do me a favour and don't sit in your phone when you're watching something. I know, but sometimes I just need to like keep up to date with like. Wait, what? Nobody talks to you anyway. What are you keeping up to date with? I watch what other people are saying. <laughs> well, just don't because it it shows. It shows me don't pay attention to movies and TV programmes. And I'm sick of it, Scott. I'm absolutely <laughs> sick of it. <laughs> so put your fucking phone away. Okay. Uh, this week I have watched Roadhouse three times. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good, actually. Why, though? <laughs> because it's Roadhouse. Yeah, it's true. Didn't need a reason. I watched it, it come on Netflix. And I was like, obviously I have to watch Roadhouse. And then I watched it. Wait, I kept on... We mainly I do the thing from Family Guy where I just look at it and I'm like Roadhouse. So then Lena really wanted to watch Roadhouse because she thought that was actually in it. So as we were watching, I was like, by the way, that's just for Family Guy. <laughs> uh, so I made Lena watch Roadhouse for the first time. She fell asleep near the end, but she was enjoying it up to that point. Mm. Uh, and then because she fell asleep, I felt that we had done Roadhouse uh, injustice. injustice. And when she went to bed, I put Roadhouse back to the beginning and I watched it again. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love Roadhouse, man. It's like Waterworld. It's like two two movies that people don't enjoy and I shouldn't like. Why do people I people can... should enjoy Roadhouse? I don't mind people not enjoy Roadhouse. I remember we were going to write a song about Patrick Swayze and Roadhouse. Um, we're selling the band and it never materialised. I was I got like about a verse and a half out of that and it was pretty good. Well, we should then just get together and write a new song about Roadhouse because I am ready for it. Uh, hey, Roadhouse is nonsense. It's just so much there's like characters that come in that you think are going to be main roles and that you'll never see them again and then there's like a monster truck that's just randomly in it because it's one scene that they're going to need a monster truck for later it's just so weird and amazing I'm going to watch it again tonight <laughs> I'm going to get a Roadhouse tattoo actually I don't know what will be on it Patrick Sweezy obviously Patrick Sweezy yeah and a monster truck <laughs> I can't wait, man. But yeah, that's it. I, I, Game of Thrones, I stayed up and watched the finale. Yeah, but obviously I'm not going to say anything because there's been people that haven't watched it yet. So, Game of Thrones is over. It's a shame. And now we move on to another TV programme. 
which I haven't decided what I'm going to watch yet. Do you know what? Like, I've not seen spoilers, but I have seen that there's like 500 people signed a petition that somebody started to get him to rewrite the finale. And it's yeah. like, I didn't read, obviously, and I didn't like, open it or read it, but I've I seen a couple of people's comments on the, the actual idea and I, I just, and I agreed with the ones that I read. And it was like, you don't have, the fans don't have the right to tell the, the creators what how to make it. If you, if you thought, you could have wrote a better episode or a better TV show, then you fucking do it yourself and make it last eight seasons and be worldwide phenomenal hit. Do you know what I mean? Like, don't, don't, don't go onto fucking petitions.com and start a fucking bullshit petition for what? It doesn't matter. Like, we've got five hundred thousand yeah. signatures, so you should redo the thing, and then the people that made it will be like, and what? Go and fucking yeah. chase yourself. <laughs> Literally, they have made some of the most expensive episodes that's ever been made for TV. And yeah, that's what they're going to do. They're going to remake it because a fucking 50,000 of you have said, oh, you should remake it. All those butthurt folk I don't get. I get that people have a lot of issues with the, the last season, but a lot of that is just because like something that's been on for about eight years or ten years of their life is ending. Yeah. And they're just butthurt about that. They torment doing a tweet where it's like, this isn't Choose Your Own Adventure. Like, fucking get over it. Yeah. If you don't enjoy it, then tough. It's it's a story. You wouldn't read a book, then write to the author and go, you better rewrite that last chapter, because that's not how I wanted that to end. Well, Kathy Bates did that in Misery, so... And look look what happened to Kathy Bates. Yeah, exactly. So I'll take heed, you fucking morons. <laughs> right, that's now about 18 times we've called update Adates and Morons, so probably <laughs> Thing is, wrap see, this up. No, see if, see if um, any, anybody who's listening to this has actually signed that petition to change it, then just have a good fucking long hard look at yourself and think what you actually expected to happen. Yeah, go sign a petition that like actually matters. Even they don't even matter. Even if it's something political and it goes in front of it. All the petition means that they'll discuss it in Parliament. It comes up and says, oh, here's the, par- here's the petition to say, um, stop, um, you know, like, taking away school dinners for kids and making kids go hungry and they just say, can we do it? No, we don't have any money left. Right, fair enough. We discussed it, so let's keep let's move on. Is that a thing, is that, a thing that happens? I so. The government making kids hungry? I think so, aye. Tories. I'm going to need to, to sign that petition. Uh, so, yeah, we literally about 20 minutes before recording this episode, we have just dropped our very first t-shirt uh, over on scotlandleamversusevil.com forward slash merch. It is a doozy, yeah, and it's white, and as it says in the description, so you can wear it to wet t-shirt competitions, and everybody can see your jiggly tits if you're a man, and if you're a woman, wear something underneath it so nobody can see through. <laughs> okay. I, I saved that so well at the last second. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, go and get it. They're only £10 plus postage if you live out with... Only £10? That's a fucking bargain! <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you live out with the UK the postage is slightly more expensive but there's That's nothing we can do yeah we don't we don't control the Royal Mail so so as guys and all the t-shirts come with free stickers and I've not decided what those stickers will be so uh, most of them will insult Scott in some way because I get to design them so one lucky um, one lucky t-shirt will come with a pair of a used pair of Liam's pants so <laughs> I was going to say my pants, but I'm putting you in the in the mix. <laughs> All my pants right now have got like a giant hole between the ball and the crack. I don't. I, sure. I don't. Honestly, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm like at work, going, "Oh fuck, they fell out again." Like my balls are hanging <laughs> through the hole in my boxers. I think Lena's just cutting holes in them for a laugh. <laughs> sure. uh, 
So yeah, I'll throw <laughs> whoever whoever is order number forty-two. You're getting a pair of my pants. <laughs> <laughs> you can specify if it comes up and says order forty-two, then email me and specify if you want them soiled or unsoiled. <laughs> <laughs> used or unused. I remember that. Was, look, people uh, used rugby socks. Never mind. That's a story. That's a story for another day. <laughs> uh, so yeah, go over and check that out. If you don't want a t-shirt, then don't. Uh, come and catch us on the Facebook group or on Instagram or on Twitter. We've kind of been away from Twitter for a long time because we took a wee break, so we'll probably get back into that and we'll start actually looking at messages and stuff uh, now that we're we're back on the scene. And we'll see you guys for episode ninety eight. Episode 98. And it's my pick, and I'm thinking I found a movie last night that could be a contender, very much similar to Demon Wind, just something that's so nonsense that is going to be a lot of fun. And yeah. I'm excited for that. Anyway, yeah. Sweet. So have a good week, Scott, and we'll see the rest of you next week. So long, farewell, I'll be saying goodbye. Lately it's hard to let you know that I'll never learn I am explosive and volatile, I'm on the turn It's time to squirm a back to the wall My cage is I can't ignore the past